0: Hello, you're listening to Where There's Whiskey, a podcast all about the world of whiskey. I'm Luke Rogers, and I'm joined today by my good friends Joel and Greg.
1: What I'm going to talk about is what casks they use for the sherry finishes.
0: Oh, which implies it might not be a sherry cask so, itself. It comes
1: from last week, I mentioned that there was there's some uh, sherry makers in Spain that just make sherry for the uh, for the barrels to sell to the whiskey industry well it goes deeper than that
0: Ooh. i'm excited greg how deep does it go <laughs> it,
1: goes,
0: it goes all the way <laughs> to goes, the top where <laughs> <barrels>. uh, we <laughs>
1: <laughs> and barrels deep
0: it goes all the way to the top <laughs> but i'm excited <laughs> for that but what i'm also excited for is to try this whiskey that sat in front of me so this week we're tasting a whiskey exchange exclusive it's a single malt scotch whiskey from the Ardmore Distillery. What's unique about this is that not only is it nine years old, which is unusual, quite often see eight or ten, obviously ten much more familiar, it's been matured or finished in a Lefroig barrel. So it's an Ardmore Distillery release with a LeFroig barrel finish. So I'm sure you're expecting to um, get some of that peat, but... Let's have a let's have a nose in. What are we getting?
1: Well, I'm getting the peat obviously to start with, but underneath it, which you quite don't often get, is a bit of sweetness.
2: I I I think that was a good word. It's like the underneath sort of you know. It's kind of like that. You do get the peat, but usually with like a Lafleur or something like that, it's foot, like it's full body peat. With this, it kind of just it kind of rains it over a little bit, and then introduces you to the second. The second sort of layer of nose flavor, which I'm going to call it now.
0: So you guys don't know this yet. We had someone write in, Jack Cullen. Jack suggested, have you ever tried putting whiskey in a fridge for 30 minutes before you try it? Of course I've never done that.
2: Why would anyone have <laughs> never had that? <laughs> come, come on, Jack. What are you talking about, man? We're not animals. But what happened? But
0: I like to try new things. So uh, normally I'd like it warm. I've got it ice cold. You can see the frosting around the glass look. So on the nose, I'm not really getting much peat, to be honest with you. It's very floral. It's very much those lighter notes that I can smell, almost grass-like, maybe a bit of lemongrass.
2: I, I get you on the lemongrass. I can't believe that you don't get the peat though. Like that's the first thing that hits my no, nose. Very that's... little.
1: But that's that's often the thing with um uh cooling things down is it, it does take away a lot of the, the flavor because obviously it's cooler so though the molecules aren't moving around as much, which means because often the smell a lot of it's the it's the 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 alcohol evaporating and you know uh the, the molecules kind of going up your nose. But if it's cooler that that's less that's not gonna be happening. So is
2: it almost easier to I like identify what like what you'll what you'll get on the nose if the whiskey's cooled down a little or does it
0: Sounds like it's releasing different flavours, yeah. for sure. I mean let's let's taste it. Let's see. Let's see what we're getting. It is so
2: nice on the nose, to be fair. That is amazing.
0: Really spiky, having cooled it down. Straight away tingly
2: my first impression is that
1: I, I i it's just overwhelmingly laphroaig to me uh, cuz for me laphroaig has that very specific peat that well not specific that very particular flavor of peat that almost chemically smell medicinal that's all i'm really tasting see, I'm on the first see,
2: i mean i'm i'm not going to lie i couldn't disagree more i get i'm getting a little bit of laphroaig at sort of the back of the back of the throat that sort of it's almost as if my my mouth is divided into two bits like i've got the leforic at the back and then it's this lovely sort of soothing i don't know it's a full full full-bodied flavor towards the front it's all and yes it is it's a little bit it's a little bit spicy it's kind of got that sort of like spicy floral flavors it's that's in that is a gorgeous whiskey that's amazing all
0: I can say is that Jack was wrong. This is not the way to drink oh. whiskey. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 To me, it, it feels like it's numbed the flavors from what you're describing. What I'm getting instead is a lot more texture from the whiskey, which I've never really experienced before. Normally, um, you drink whiskey and it's like a uh, very smooth and pretty similar porous to w- water, really, or any other drink. This tastes very much like. Um, I don't know how to describe it other than spiky. It's like that carbonated water feeling. And that's just totally um, at the forefront of the flavor profile for me. Is a little bit smoky. I mean, I can obviously taste the Lafroy smokiness in it, but
2: not much. I presume you've had it before. So comparing it to the you know glass that was chilled in the fridge... What new flavors are you getting off the nose and the mouth from the chilled version? I,
0: I don't get anything new. It's it's totally numbed the flavors. Um, it's it's dulled down completely. It's uh, it's disappointing.
2: <laughs> I've already started warming it back up. <laughs> well, Jack, obviously, thank you so much for getting in touch and for your request. Um, yeah, thank you for the idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you
0: can thank Jack. <laughs> it won't be. Right, what do you get on the finish? Is that long-lasting for you guys? Or
1: I'm getting the the long, kind of the heat and the smoke is, is long-lasting. Although I will say just, that I, Joel, that I, I put some water in it and I'm getting a bit more of that kind of front of the mouth kind of flavor coming through. Um, but again, it's still, to me, it it's... Very Again, Lefoy. maybe it's my palate's not delicate enough, but I just can't get over that, that hit and that sort of medicinal. Mm.
2: Now, what I quite like about this one is the, is, so, you know, like I said before, it seems, feels like my mouth's divided into two sections, but on the finish, Lou, to answer your question, it almost seems like, you know, the, like the, the. The real peatiness seems to have gone, by. I've still got that flavour that was at the front of my mouth, which is really quite nice. And that's just sort of sitting there at the moment, very, very quite pleasant. Just, you know, just sort of, just sort of chilling out. You know, it's taking a seat, and it's just, like, yeah, I'm just here, man. I'm, I'm flavourful. It's really, really nice, actually. I'm a big fan.
0: Have you ever had an Ardmore before, Joel?
2: I believe I have had and ardmore um probably like one of my mates bottles that he was like mate you need to try this but i wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was i i, I love i love the idea of finishing it in a lefroy cast though i think i think that's brilliant i think that's a, it's a nice absolutely, idea absolutely yeah i think that's that's brilliant because it adds you know it adds that sort of well like we've been talking about that finish on the nose on the tongue it's just a nice sort of little bit at the end because it is i mean you know i'm I'm not a massive fan of super peaty whiskies, but I can appreciate when something especially like that has that little, you know, little edge to it that you can that you can grab onto it. I I think it's brilliant. I think it's class.
0: You've got to think as well though, a lot of it possibly is marketing because if you think about any blend, of course it's going to be a mix of casks. So something like Kalila, where it's been aged in that and then finished in a different distillery's um cask you might have never even heard of kalina but it's a huge 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 whiskey producer but it's because it's quite often not um sold as a single malt so it's not really that novel it's just the way that it's such a contrast of flavors in terms of a space side classic and um obviously a isla classic that's a very unique prospect and if you imagine something like what we tasted last Last week, the Tomatin with a um, Highland Park. Can you imagine how complex that would be? It's an exciting prospect, but it's actually not that novel.
1: Yeah, again, I'd, I'd say it was it was an interesting experiment, but I think sort of uh, in conclusion for me, I, I think they went a bit wrong with the Lafroy cask. I think it would have been interesting to see it with one of the softer, one of the, you know, less peated uh, whiskeys on Islay. Uh, that, that would have been interesting.
2: I do I do think that that would have changed the whole experience of the whiskey quite a lot. Because, um, you know, obviously the finish being quite a deciding factor, instead of sort of going up in peat, going down in peat, I think, yeah, I do think that would have changed it quite, you know, quite a bit. But I think that they did very well with this. And I think this would have gone very hand-in-hand with the, you know, tomatin that we had last week. I, I think these two would, you know, maybe this after the tomatin, but that and then this would be whew, very, very nice.
0: It's a, it's a very simple whiskey, and I really like that about it. It's not overstated. It's not very complex. It's very clear and crisp. What are you are getting? It's very refreshing as a whiskey. Quite often when we go on the whiskey trips, we joke about having a breakfast whiskey. Which is typically these lighter space sides that you can drink in the morning, not get hammered, and not feel like they settle on your stomach for a long time. I think this is in the breakfast whiskey category.
2: May I, I can imagine if I was going to have this with breakfast, it would have to—it would have to be—it would have to be a full English. Like I'd have to have a full English, maybe like a cup of tea on the side. Then this. I remember, like, my second day of knowing Greg, actually. I came downstairs on the whiskey tour, and he was just there in his pajamas with a glass of whiskey, and I was just like, oh, he's so cool. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now, pajamas, whiskey. Pajamas, whiskey, man. That's the way to go. I mean, I've got I've got tracksuit bottoms on. I've got a decent shirt, but it's just tracksuit under here, so I'm <laughs> technically the same. They go so well together, man. That's
0: funny, man. I've never thought Greg was cool. I know you're
2: the first person to say that, John. Thank you. Make it? It's all right, man. <laughs> Maybe hip.
0: We'll go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. The um the finish. Actually does really linger and it's a really pleasant warmth.
2: Oh mate, it's 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 so yeah, it's so nice, but it's not even the peat for me. Like it's the it's the flavour that's at the top of your tongue. Yeah. It's just nice. It's settles It's not peaty, it's
0: smoky and it's quite different, isn't it? It's not <laughs> Fiery, it's a inviting smoke, almost like when you're at a gig, and it's the smoke machines, and it's really light and floaty. Yeah, it's not like a bonfire where well, it's quite in the thick and dense. And yeah, 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 and choke, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I th- it's a very light smoke, and I I like that's that. really nice. There's quite a lot of whiskey exchange exclusives. It's it's definitely worth a look. Yeah, they do some really interesting stuff, and. It's the kind of thing, like, if you had a lot of money, what you might like to do yourself, which is pick up, like, a cask and just experiment.
2: Yeah. I think that, that would that would be wicked to do, but that is a very much sort of upper-class thing, like, if you've got a <laughs> yeah, lot I of mean, it's, money it's on you. It's a bit of a gift. A yeah, bit yeah, of a yeah.
0: I, I always wondered why there's not more whiskey shops or, like, whiskey bars. It, yeah, it, man, it, I think... There's I think surely whiskey, a big yeah. market for it. Yeah. Just asterisks there in England. In England, of course, of course. But surely England is a big buyer of Scotch whiskey.
1: It is, but I think it's, it's, I suppose it's a bit more about like, I don't know, like the drinking culture. Yeah. I think like if you're drinking, I don't know, because I think like English people drinking whiskey, it's more of like a sitting at home kind of, Investment thing. Well, I mean,
2: uh, I, <laughs> I recent I recently went to the Cigar Lounge in Derby with my mate, and like we we, I I the one thing I said I was like, oh mate, you guys should have like a whiskey bar here because it would be one of the coolest things ever. So we actually took in our own whiskey, which was nice. But I think, like you say, Greg, it's the drinking culture. It just doesn't line up with what's it. the
0: cigar lounge that sounds really interesting
2: it's oh mate it's actually one of the coolest rooms you can ever go so they've got a massive range of cigars like going from these ones that are kind of like 15 pound up to these like 250 pound cuban big boys and it was just so cool and so and like honestly so the the other day we had um like, we, we were at work, and there were these three lads outside who, like, they were just having cigars. And me and my mate Chris were just walking about, like, mate, it's so nice. Like, it just, there was that light sort of tinge of uh, cigars in the air. And we were like, well, mate. So we went over to chat with them, I'm like, oh, you know, lads, wh- where'd you get these from? They were like, oh, the cigar lounge in Derby. And we were like, Oh, where is it? You know? And so we went, we went to, we went to check it out and it's just such a cool room. So it's this guy who used to be like a hunter or something. So he's got a bunch of this stuff, which now would probably be like illegal if you did that now, but like loads of deer heads (laughs) and stuff and like a record player in the corner and like fishing, like loads of fishing and hunting stuff. And we just, what we were just like, we walked in, we were just wide eyed. We're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. I cannot remember where it is, but it's in a proper, like, it's in, like, the industrial area. And I got a taxi there, and I was driving. I I was like, I don't know where I'm going. Like, for all I know, this taxi guy could be, like, taking me somewhere to mug me or something. Like, I have no clue where I'm going. And then at the front, it's a honey shop. And then they take you around a door in the side and take you around. So once you go in, it's, like, completely silent. Like, you can't hear anything from outside. And it's just brilliant. Like, the atmosphere in there is so cool. Um, because it's not even that big of a room, but there's like four. So did they five serve whiskey there? Or no, so they didn't. Did you, and that, you, that's so you, the one you thing went I was back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the one thing I was saying. I was like, <laughs> mate, you guys need to have a whiskey bar here because that would just top it off if you had a selection of whiskeys like to go with the cigars and that. I, but yeah, anyways, it was brilliant. It was he was brilliant.
0: like, yeah, it's cool. Just bring bring your own. And then,
1: but yeah, that almost, that almost kind of speaks to some of the differences between the whiskey drinking sort of thing so for in glasgow the best whiskey bar is a place called the pot still which has i mean it's just got the the most amount of whiskey i've ever seen in one room like it is ridiculous but if you were to walk past it you'd think it was just a dirty old pub like it's it's a proper i mean it's tiny uh, and it's you know one of these ones with wooden floors you know, wooden kind of just bars where you like lean tos rather than actual tables. Is that the
0: one we went to that you took me to? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
1: And like, that's the thing is you don't in in some of the more rural places that are kind of aimed at tourists. You do get those sort of like sophisticated whiskey places. Mm. Most of the places where you get good whiskey are like a very kind of old-fashioned pubs. Um, You know, there's there's well, there's one called the Isla Bar in the Hebrides. So there's a lot of like. These sort
2: of yeah, old traditional ones. If you were gonna set a set up a whiskey bar in England, where would you do it? Like, where would be the city where you're like, this is a place to go? If you could as, set up as close to me as possible, yeah. please. <laughs> in my house, right? I'll do it right here in my room. Um. But yeah, but
1: like... It'd
0: well, be London,
1: see- wouldn't it? And, yeah, yeah, of
2: course, naturally. And, and, and you'd, you'd
1: make it super fancy and charge a fortune for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure
0: they're out there. They're probably <laughs> out there. It's just... It just surprises me that shopping centers don't have a... um, Or even like the edger parts of town don't have a whiskey bar. Because I, I imagine there is quite a good market. Maybe I'm um, just being biased and it's because it's something I'm interested in. But I, I can see there being a demand for going and trying whiskey in that kind of environment
2: even if yeah even if it was just you know like not even the fanciest whiskeys like maybe whiskeys that we're familiar with or maybe we've had before but just to have that atmosphere of like a whiskey bar just being able to go there with the lads, that would just be such a cool thing to be able to do, you know. I'm just going to the cigar
0: lounge now. <laughs> Mate, honestly, go, over. please. It's so sick. It's so,
2: so cool. That's brilliant. We should go, man. We should go. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, I just thought I thought it was no, brilliant. let's just and, stop the podcast right now. And just go. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and just make our way there. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I ended up having a cigar. We were just chilling there, like cigar whiskey, and I was just like, Yeah, this is sick. I like this a lot.
0: That's it's the dream, brilliant. man.
2: Last time, I talked about a sort of a, a little rumor
1: that I'd heard or that I thought was quite interesting about some sherry producers just making sherry for the cask to sell to the whiskey industry. So when I think about sherry casks and when I think about whiskey being used, uh, being matured in a sherry cask, in my head, it's the same sort of situation as like a bourbon cask where the bourbon gets made in it, they 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 bottle it, and they sell the cask on to a whiskey bottler or whiskey maker to then, then use.
0: That's not true. Okay. Because that's my understanding as well, right? So like they they're making sherry and they sell the sherry, they get the casks as a result, unlike bourbon, with any other cask, they can reuse it if they want to. But obviously at some point there's gonna be a distillery in Scotland, England, india transylvania it could be anywhere they'll buy the cask for a certain price you're saying that's not the case that is not the case
1: so okay the way that they make sherry is they, they they constantly use the casks so when they're bottling the sherry they keep a third of it in there and then put and then rotate it and then put a new a new wine in with that last third to kind of keep it Keep it going so consequently they use the casks until they break right always is that as a as a rule always always so what used to happen is that when they were transporting sherry to the uk they would they would transport it in the cask for because they were selling in bulk and they'd bottle it in the uk and rather than shipping the cask back they'd sell it to the the whiskey distillers so that's how it kind of started and then in 1985 there was a law Passed in Spain, where you have to bottle all sherry in Spain, which meant there was no transportation of cask salmon. So then what, what is what are distillers meant to do now for the sherry casks? They basically get sherry makers to make sherry, put it in a cask, leave it for two years, take the sherry out. They can't use it for actual sherry, so they use it for like sherry vinegar or Use it again to do another cask and then they and then they send
0: it over. Why can't they use that two year old sherry to sell the sherry?
1: Because there's it's like Scott Whiskey, there's, there's certain laws, rules of things. And how long be, it, wow. And how, so how, and how long, how long to is that?
0: How long does it sherry have to be in a cask for to be sherry? Uh,
1: a long time.
0: Is it is, is it basically say, red wine at the early stages, I guess? It's, very well, it's simple. just but wine Spanish red wine. wine
1: white it was white wine I think. White wine, it depends, okay. Well it depends on the
0: uh, right, right, right.
1: On the type the type. So they just wait a couple of years. So they just wait a couple of years and then take it out and sell it. And this is called seasoning. Right. So uh that's like a season a sherry seasoned cask. And a lot of whiskey's distilleries they'll have, obviously have a close relationship with the sherry maker in Spain. So they actually talk to them about how they want to make the cask, how much they want the cask charred, um, and sort of kind of custom customize the cask that they'll then put the sherry in to, to season it and then send over to the whiskey uh, distiller. I just need to note my sources. This came from a, a paper I found on uh, whiskynotes.be, which is a, 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 basically a Belgian guy who blogs about uh, whiskey. Um, and we'll put the we'll put the link in the information because it's a really interesting read.
0: Greg, you've turned us into a a Joe Rogan podcast, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's very controversial. Hello. It comes down to the integrity of the whiskey distillery to want genuine, matured casks to capture flavors that are from a matured, genuine sherry.
2: Sure, and not and and not just sherry that's literally made for the sake of sherry.
0: Well, it's not vinegar at
1: the time it's in the cask; they turn it into, and they also they also often distill it to sherry brandy. So that's another use they have.
0: for it. I, I'm disappointed to hear Lucy <laughs> <Luke's> not impressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so well, that's
0: the shock. Okay, and it's one of your favorite
1: kind of whiskeys, isn't it? Sherry? Well, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, there, there's a part of me that's thinking as well. Uh, I'm impressed. That after two years of just putting some wine in a in a, I guess sherry cask are they smaller than bourbon casks? I, I don't uh, know. I, well, is.
1: you can they 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 customize them. So okay. they, they build them bespoke. Well, they they most of them build them bespoke for the distillery that they're going to be then sending them.
0: So then, what really is the difference between when distilleries will say is finished in a red wine cask or it's finished in an Rosso? cherry cask or Jimenez cask really are we talking basically is a lot of it's just red wine has gone into a cask Spain France and then whiskey's been put in it so it's got some fruity flavors yeah right and a lot of it must just then be marketing after that
1: yeah well um and again I think the 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 the... The article that this came from is quite interesting because they, they do sort of call out the distillers a little bit. by saying you know, because if you do go to one of these, I can't remember which one, I think it was like Glendronic. We went into theirs and they had one of the big uh, Pedro Jimenez
0: uh, yeah, barrels because they are
1: huge. And then there was yeah. this picture of a, a Sherry Bodega with all the, the barrels kind of lined up and stuff. And that's obviously, yeah, not the reality of it. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. But having said that, you know, th- this is. This is sort of, I mean, it's not a secret. This is, you know, it's been happening for for, for a very, very long time.
0: Okay, so let's say, for example, there's a sherry that's absolutely fantastic. It's off the charts. It's the number one sherry in the world. And they keep making that sherry year after year after year. Those casks get used until they're broken. So... Is it really outrageous to say that then a cask maker puts together those pieces of woods that have been used for decades and decades and then fills it with whiskey and creates this outstanding whiskey from a sherry cask that's been used for generations? I mean, that could happen. And all they have to do is say that it was finished in a sherry cask. How do they sell that story? I mean, maybe that's happening as well. Surely I've not been... (laughs)
2: <laughs> I have a dream and I don't <laughs> break in it. No, but surely surely places wouldn't be able to get away with saying that kind of thing that oh yeah you know this sherry's been been going on for generations we've been making it this barrel was used broken put back together and then had whiskey put in it. They wouldn't be able to say that if they'd only had it for a couple of years. Like surely surely they'd be they'd get in trouble for that.
0: But I don't know if anyone's saying that. But my point is that if that was the scenario, they would want to be able to say that. But then they are exposing that industry of um, this quick and easy sherry cask. It's a bit like cheap and dirty, isn't it?
1: I mean, but I will say, I mean, it's the only way that it's done at the moment.
0: That, that implies that there's no distillery out there that's ever used a sherry cask that's been. No, they obviously that's they have. had good sherry in for decades of time, which could may yeah. well have happened. Yeah, and that's
1: what it was pre nineteen eighty four or five. I think it is
0: right. And um, then they had like this this easy way out of getting the the same. Well, cuisine. no, it was a,
1: it was a rule change in Spain around the production of sherry but it all has to be bottled in Spain. So they weren't
2: in the casks over. So obviously, that's the main thing: is the fact that it does that. Like, it has to be bottled in Spain.
0: So you could continue <laughs> to reuse the sherry in Spain for 20, 20 years. And then stop using it for sherry and then fill that same cask with whiskey from could, Scotland yeah. yeah. and create this unbelievably beautiful whiskey which you're saying before 1985 they would have done that uh-huh. but then they changed the law and it's like, well, it's just easier and quicker and cheaper and in every way makes more sense to just have a two-year-old cherry cask that captures actually a lot of flavor and like you say, it is by far my favorite finish other than Caribbean rum cask, maybe we don't need to wait decades and decades and decades to capture those flavors from a... Er-
2: well, no, because yeah, if you think about has- how long
1: bourbon's aged for, it's not long, is it?
2: Yeah. Five years max? Yeah, it is. It is five years max, yeah.
1: Most of it's about changing the...
2: It's uh, the, so almost the chemistry of the wood
1: rather than necessarily getting all the way in. It's it's about that, changing the, the contact surface. It doesn't have to, like, you know go all the way through the wood to have that that impact. So this like I say, this is based on a, a well, very well researched article. Um again,
2: whiskey you know, What is your rating of uh, of the whiskey today?
0: All I really get is a bit of um bit of ash aftertaste. It's very earthy, lemony, grassy for me. Seven
2: out of ten. Greg, what do you think? I'm going for a
1: four and a half. Ooh. Not a fan. Uh, not simple enough, but not well balanced enough.
2: I'm gonna disagree with both of you in the sense that I am a big fan of this whiskey. I think both ends of the like sort of the flavor spectrum that it brings, I think complement each other fabulously well. It is a bit of a journey, as it should be with whiskey, so I thought firstly the smell was you know delicious, you have that sort of hint of peat at the start and then sort of a shower of the rest of the flavors i'm I'm gonna give this probably an maybe an eight uh yeah I'm gonna go eight i was i I did quite enjoy it yeah no i would i i I'd, I'd probably
1: never drink it again unless somebody bought it for me
0: cool. They have it. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from. I mean, it, it really surprised me because you're a big fan of Lafroy, right? I, you know,
1: but that—that's my issue with it. It's like, it's, it's like, why not just? It's, you know,
0: it's like a bad cover version. Oh, like for you, it's like they've weakened what's
2: great about. Well, not even. It's just it's not Lafroig enough.
1: Yeah, it's not Lafroig enough. They're trying to be. A, they've used a Lafroy cask. I like the fact they've used a different cask. They shouldn't have used the love forecast because it overpowers all the other stuff that they're trying to
2: do in it. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And feel free to send in more questions, just like Jack did. Massive, massive shout out to Jack. Thank you very much. Even though Luke shot you down, I appreciate you getting in touch, man. I, we do. To, uh, to add any comments on our podcast or just to even to get in touch, go to wheretherswhiskey.co.uk where you'll be able to comment directly on the podcast and get in touch with us with any questions you may have. Enjoy whiskey and we'll see you soon.